morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good in your world. I hope everything is fine. Um, it's, um, yeah. There's stuff happening in my country, home country, Nigeria. And all I can just say is the devil is so evil. Come to think of it, anybody that would see a God like God, you know, God who is not, because when you look at God, really, He's very, you know, those kind of parents that are very, I don't know, I don't like, I don't like to say they are laid back, but you know, those kind of parents that just like give their children the space to be themselves and to just grow and to learn about life, and they're there, you know, but you know, they they give you what you need when you're growing up, but they don't. They, they respect your personality and they allow you to be who you want. They provide guidance. They tell you, this is who I am. This is what I believe. You know, but they allow you to discover yourself and to find out who you really are. It comes to mind like the story of the prodigal son that the Bible and Jesus talked about. Because the father was very rich. When the boy told went to the father and said, give me all my wealth and let me go, you know, the father could have told him, who, you know, you could have pulled his purse strings, played some royal family moves <laughs> and said, you know what, I'm not giving you the money, you have to do what I say, you know, but he was like, okay, fine, it's your inheritance, you say you want to go out into the world and know what you want to do, he allowed him to take the inheritance and he left. And the son that chose to stay with him, he also allowed that one. And the boy went and spent his whole inheritance and everything. And he now lost all his money, of course, couldn't go back home. Now went and was, you know, doing some media work. And eventually one day just realized that, ah, why am I, you know, I, I can just imagine, just had, like had an aha moment. And for him to have gone that far, you can imagine he'd lived a life of debauchery from pub house to pub from you know drunken in the streets you can just imagine he'd gone so far that he'd even forgotten where he was coming from so it was one day while he was doing some menial work in a pig style or something he just realized that wow if i mean this i could do in my father's house and still have a free meal and not have to worry about where i would sleep that why do i have to do this outside i mean let me just go back to my father's house and say that you know and he then went back to his father's house and he was expecting that his father would, you know, I mean, you've squandered all your riches and then pay back time and punish him for all his whatever. But the father, brother, set off the fatted cap and said, oh, wow, <coughs> excuse me, my son who was lost is now found. And, you know, and he was, and he made a lot of merriment about it. Of course, the backstory, the next thing was the older son wasn't happy. But the point is that the father was a magnanimous father that allowed his son to explore and when the son came back he didn't count his sins against him and he received him he was rather happy that his joy was that he has gained back his son he didn't spend a lot of time thinking about the fact that what the son had done that's and, and jesus was using that parable to describe god and that's really how god is because i mean you look at it this world he's given us everything and has given us the universe and you know our fingerprints and everything for us to sort of like realize that there really is a god behind all of this thing and let us then decide how we're going to seek him and he allows people to explore as many journeys as they want to before they make up for their own mind who god is and you know who they want to serve but he has all of the power to bring this all to an end he has all of the power 
to suck the breath and the life out of us and he has chosen not to and he did do that at a time he did it in the noah's flood although he preserved eight people which is why we are all still here today and after that he swore that he will never do it again which is why the world has never experienced a global cata- uh, catastrophe and it will never experience it because god has said he's not going to dis- destroy the water and um, the world at least by um flood again when he brings when after jesus comes he will change you know new heaven new earth all of that but by that time everybody will have known that yes we have drawn the curtain on this world but the point i'm trying to make is that a god that is that magnanimous anybody that will turn against that kind of god there's really something wrong with you so the devil is very evil it has become clear to me even though i know it's not clear to many people around me uh, I've tested the waters a bit and I know that some people, but eventually they will all get there. It has become very clear to me that, ah, oh Lord, our government, our government, <laughs> not only are they, are they evil, they are maliciously evil. Liars, thieves, murderers, mercenaries, Bigots, enemies of anything that is good, anything that is good, they are on the other side of it. And when I see the things that they do, and the lies that they tell, and the deceit and the manipulation, I don't need anybody to tell me the fingerprints of the kingdom of darkness is all over it. The level of manipulation. The gaslighting on a national level is the most evil thing I've seen in my life. This is how the devil sinks nations. Literally takes a whole nation and sinks them. But God will not allow it to happen. I will, I'm not going to say much. Um, if you're a Nigerian and you are listening, you will know what I'm talking about, I'm sure the Lord will explain the rest because there's no point in my saying much. Because I mean, I had a conversation with somebody, just a little chat, and I I mean I had I know how it is when you are trying to, when you are saying something like sometimes you may have a member of the family that you know. Let's let's assume there's somebody in your circle. You've somebody you have realized that this person is here with um malicious, you know, the person has malicious intent against us in this group. This person is not who he or she claims to be but you've seen it but the fact that you've seen it doesn't mean that every other person has seen it and until they see it no matter what it is you say they will not agree with you in fact to get to a stage you are you begin to look like the person with the problem so what do you do you step back you just make that observation comment whatever you may call it and then you allow everybody else to get to where you are but you will be guided if it's something that is really serious and you need to pray, you go ahead and pray. But don't spend too much time trying to convince people because people will be persuaded by what they will be persuaded by. And many people wait until when they have an experience. And as many people are really not, they don't really pay attention. That's what I really observe. They don't pay enough attention. They listen to what people say and not what they do. And that's one thing that, um, I, you know, my pastor, I mentioned my old pastor. I'm thinking about him quite a lot these days. This is the second time he's come up in the musing um, in the last one week, which really does say a lot. He's gone to be with the Lord. He's no longer on this earth. Um, 
was assassinated many years ago i don't know why i keep coming back to him but it just makes me realize also that probably this season that i am in can be linked back to a lot of things that happened at that time in a spiritual sense that's probably why i'm i'm, I'm remembering him anyway he he said something which i held on to for a very i mean i i received it and i knew that oh this is true and he said you know what that people always when people do things that are wrong and i want to discipline them as a pastor exercise the normal church discipline that they always come to me and say oh pastor i didn't mean it and that he says to them it is only god that can judge the intent of your heart but that i as a man have to judge your action that's the only way i can be fair and i looked at it and i was like yes because actions can tell us so much more about who people are than what they say because you can say anything and this is what Jesus was saying, that these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. And he says, you say you love me, but you do not do the things that I say. So Jesus, so what my pastor, Bishop Hafford in Okutaifa at that time, was actually repeating, was this was exactly what Jesus' Jesus's own point of view. So that thing, I have held it in my hands. And I have remembered it. And I found out that every time I apply it, it doesn't fail. There's some people that will tell you, oh, I love you, I love you. Oh, you, you are this deep. Sing your praises. When you need them, they're not there for you. You ask for help. Their, their actions continually show you where they stand in terms of you. But they have, if you follow what they say. So, But I found out that most of us, we listen to what people say. And we don't pay any attention, very little attention to what they do. So with the government of Nigeria, they are very good at, they, they are master manipulators. Whoever it is that is leading them is highly skilled in this role. They know how to sit down and craft a narrative that the people will sell, will, will receive. They will take the most malicious intent and court it in the most sugary, lavender-smelling narrative and seed it into the populace. The populace will receive that narrative with open arms, embrace it, begin to regurgitate it, not knowing that they have embraced worms that are coming to eat them alive from within. But the actions of the government will be in a completely different direction. But guess what? The people will be speaking, repeating what the government has said. Unable to see. They will be so mesmerized by that narrative. By the time they even, if at all, they realize that the actions are completely at counter um, purposes from the narrative, it's too late. They've already achieved what they want. And that's the way they'll be running the government. So now, um, as far as I'm concerned, every action that they have taken in the past, in fact, since the beginning of this year, and from, yeah, yeah, it gives every indication that they have no intention of holding the elections, even though they continue to say that um, that is what they want to do. Their actions, if you look at their actions, their actions do not reflect that they recognize that three weeks from today, they are supposed to be implementing the most serious um, election that Nigeria has ever had in its democratic history. They are rather distracting the entire populace 
by focusing on a drama that they created to distract the entire nation. It has, that drama has caused a lot of suffering, but it, is, it has successfully and effectively deflected the attention of the Nigerian people from the one thing that should, and before now, was our singular purpose and agenda for 2023. We've waited for this moment for four years. 21 days to the time, or 28 days to the time, the government introduces unprecedented disruption that is felt into the nooks and the crannies. While at the same time, saying things to turn attention away from their actions and rather to direct attention to the actions of others. But what I want to draw out in all of it is the deception, the mass hypnosis that is going on. The devil is evil. I have nothing else to say this morning. Honestly, I can't. And, and I apologize for those who may not be Nigerians who are listening to this. Um, you may be wondering, I thought this was a Christian podcast. Well, I'm a Christian that believes that um, I am the light of the world. And I believe that, I mean, when I look at all the Christians or the people that worked with, that worked with God in the Bible, they didn't shy away from the political situations in their countries at any time. In fact, the judges actively spoke to the issues of the day, actively. In fact, that was their reason for being the prophets too. Oh my goodness, they did. When I get into the New Testament, they were um, Jesus stayed out of the politics, but he he, de- he definitely spoke to the ethics. And what he said was, give to Caesar what is given to Caesar, give unto God what is God. In spite of that, the rulers of the day still managed to say that he was acting against the interest of Caesar. Why? Because he spoke to the issues of the day. So he didn't play it safe. Of course, we know because eventually he got crucified. When I look at the apostles too, the apostles too, they spoke to the gospel and they spoke to what they felt was the Christian ethics, the right things for Christians to do. In so, in so doing, of course, every now and then, they fell out of favor with the rulers of the day. Because the rulers of the day, and probably I can imagine that beyond just the fact that they were saving, bringing people in, they were also saying things that was causing people to see, you know, to be more aware of right and wrong and they wanted to be the custodians of what is right and what is wrong and that is what you find about demonic rulers demonic you know people who are under the influence of the kingdom of darkness the devil wants to be the custodian he wants to be the one to determine good and evil he will he you know and that's what was going on in the garden of eden so it was a conversation about good and evil about christian godly ethics what is right and what is wrong god had given adam and eve a definition of right and wrong and the devil came in to question and to challenge that definition what we are finding what i am finding in politics of my country today particularly with this current present government they seem to be exhibiting the kind of traits that is synonymous with all rulers and political leaders that have um, exhibited traits that are very Luciferian in character. Luciferian, satanic, demonic, whatever you want to call it. 
that kind of system that is extremely manipulative, extremely imperialist, extremely deceptive, and intrinsically evil. I will just leave it there, but what I will say is this. We live in an evil world. We all as Christians need to be aware. The war between good and evil, right and wrong, is alive and well. I know Christians, we don't like to get into some of these things. We think it doesn't concern us. That's fine. It's okay. But I don't think it's okay, really. But the point is, you cannot remove yourself from the society in which you live. Whether you like it or not, the Bible says, it is either you stay in the place of prayer, or you stay in the place of um passion or you stay in the place of how would i say i don't say provocation you must stay there must be a place what you we cannot be is to be passive what we cannot be is in a place of denial oh no no we can't be there because then the bible says we are the source of the earth but if the salt has lost its seasoning, it's good for nothing but to be thrown away. If we are in a world, we can see people suffering. We can see people being manipulated. We can see lives being destroyed like chess pawns on a table. On a massive scale. Intentionally being done. And we want to say, it doesn't concern us. Or if we ignore it, let's just stay out of it. I know the answer. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but... If it is prayer, we have to pray. What we cannot do is to be ignorant of the devices of the devil. I think one of the challenges that the church has, it's a major challenge is that we are unable, we have been unable to craft a an agenda for the church and for the people of God on a national or a regional or a universal level. We just leave it to that personal, um, you know, conversion process and i know that that is fine but then there has to be a way in which the personal links up to the role of the church in society and i'm not saying about how you change you don't want to change people you don't want to i'm not saying you know now say oh everybody must come to church not to be a christian but i mean the principles of right and wrong thou shalt not lie thou shalt not steal thou shalt not kill holding people's feet to the fire, particularly the rulers. There has to be a place for that in Christianity. Otherwise, your Christianity is nonsense. As far as I'm concerned. That, that's where I see it. Because, I mean, if evil can happen in your presence and you are silent about it, then please don't come and talk to me about Jesus tomorrow. Keep your Jesus in your house. So, um... And I'm... Honestly, I have nothing to say. I'm just going to leave this here. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to call today's episode, but I'm really, I think I'm going to go into prayer this weekend and just ask the Lord to reveal unto us his people what he will have us do at this time. What, what should we do? What should we do? You know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so we don't fight with physical weapons. So, but then we, we do have spiritual warfare that we can use. And um, how do we then, how do we activate that spiritual warfare? I guess it's just to pray and ask the Lord for him to deliver, to help, to show us. And for him to raise up saviors. And that his name will be glorified. And that the arm of the enemy 
will be brought down over our nation. And that every attempt to enthrone evil, darkness, and righteous and, and unrighteousness and ungodliness over this nation, over this nation, that the Lord will bring it to an end, He will destroy it. It won't be possible. However, He's going to do it, He will do it. So I leave it very much. And if you are also in a my, my honest heartfelt prayer for every Christian is that. The world has to be better. The Bible says, I believe in that light of the world thing. The world has to be better because we're here. There has to be a difference. It must be difficult. The Bible tells us to resist the enemy. And it's not a physical resistance. It's a spiritual resistance. We, he, we cannot make it easy for him to be doing the things that he does as though there are no Christians on the earth. As though Jesus did not die on this earth. As though the blood of sprinkling was not shed on this very earth. But what we need is wisdom, and that's what I'm asking for right now. Father, tell us, show us what we need to do. Of course, we know prayer is the starting point, so we will, I will start with prayer. But if there's anything that you want us to do in addition to prayer, show it to us. And raise up men and women of courage and valor that will speak up for the innocent and the righteous in our land. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let your name be glorified. Not the name of any man, of any woman, of any boy, any child. The name of your your name, O Lord, let it be glorified. As you delivered the children of Israel from the hands of Pharaoh, so we ask that you deliver your people in Nigeria today. In Jesus' name, amen.